Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. All right mi gente, so you know what time it is. It is our interview episode for the week and I am so honored to present to all of you mi amiga Ariel who is also the founder of Grad Life Grind and a PhD student in the field of clinical psychology. Now mi gente, I'm really really excited for all of you to hear this episode because Ariel gives so much knowledge and reassurance to all of us as first gen students as we continue to pave the way through higher education. All right, Mianthus, I'm going to go ahead and let this episode speak for itself. Hello. Hi. I'm really, really, really excited to be on here. This is my first podcast, so it's really an honor. And I really appreciate your support of Grad Life Grind from whenever you found me or I found you on Instagram. And I love seeing other students, other Latinas who are young adults trying to make an impact. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing, trying to do. <laughs> so I am really excited for this conversation and I thank you for inviting me. So I want, I want you to share a little bit about what you do with Grad Life Grind. Yeah. So the best way to describe Grad Life Grind is it's a digital space. That's the easiest way that I can describe it. Grad Life Grind is where I'm at on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok now and I also have a website. So the reason why I say digital space is because there is no one place to find Grad Life Grind, although I'm more active on Instagram. And it's a space that I have designed or am designing to spread information, no BS information, <laughs> about graduate school from the perspective of, of myself, which is like I'm a first generation a Latina student. I'm the first person in my family to go to graduate school. So I came from a single parent home. So knowing all the things that the application process and the grad school process entails, I'm just trying to provide people with almost always free information about how to navigate wherever they are in their academic journey. So Grad Life Grind is on Instagram, I share a lot of tips for applications and grad school survival, and I do the same on the other platforms. So it initially started, like you said in the introduction, I'm a PhD student in clinical psychology. So when I was applying to graduate school, I was trying to find information about like, what can I expect from these applications? How many schools do I apply to? Where do I apply? What it, what are the interviews going to be like? What do I even wear? Like even up to the point where I got into graduate school and I moved to California and I was like, okay, I'm starting school tomorrow. I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to wear. I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to behave. I don't know what to do because I've never been in a space like this before. So when I started graduate school or right before I started graduate school, I decided like it would be really cool if I created a YouTube channel to document what this experience is like from my perspective, because I couldn't find anything out there from my perspective. I Googled things here and there and I would find some interview questions or just information that was written really by faculty. And as we know in academia, the 
people in the higher positions are most often like people of privilege, often white people. So I was kind of like, this is a little bit intimidating to get the advice or the information from the people who really are doing the judging in those spaces. I really wish I could see the perspective of a student who's going through it. And so when I didn't see that, I just decided to be that. And I started off just creating YouTube videos about how I applied, what my first you know, week or month was like, things like that. And I wasn't that consistent on YouTube because I found it to be really hard to navigate that while I was going through my first quarter of grad school. So I did the YouTube thing for the first year. And in the summer, my roommate, who I'll just shout out Chica, she's my BFF and roommate and my first friend in California. And she created a, she has a blog called Sisterhood Exchange with her best friend. And it's about books and just like interesting, rich discussion related to like race and black women and just a whole bunch of awesome stuff. They decided to create an Instagram and they were having a ton of fun doing that. And Chica was like, well, you should create an Instagram for Grad Life Grind. And I was like, no, I don't really want to because I was like, that's too much work. And then I was like, what about, you know, professionalism? I don't know if it's a good idea for my clients or for people to be able to find me. It's too much work. Like I would, I don't know. And she was like, if you don't create the account, I'm going to take the name Grad Life Grind and like, I'm going to keep it. And I was like, okay, fine. So in July earlier this year, um, in the middle of the chaos of 2020, I was like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Like I'll create the account. And then I just started posting stuff and I love Instagram. So I already spent a lot of time on Instagram to begin with. And I found like so many people like you and tons of other people that you've had on your podcast and just in general that we all interact with in the academic space on Instagram. And I was like, Oh my God, there's more people like me. Like, why didn't I do this before? Why didn't I, why didn't I search on Instagram when I was looking for all the information that I couldn't find? And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like I felt so seen (laughs) when I found all these other Latinas doing different things, but related things who understood the experience of, of having to navigate higher education kind of alone and dealing with a lot of different things. So I was like, this is so much fun. So then I found myself spending a lot of time on Instagram and then I had to set some boundaries and figure out like, okay, how much time am I going to spend on grad life grind and how much time am I going to spend actually getting the degree that I need to be getting? And then it became Instagram and YouTube. And then the Instagram helped me kind of grow the YouTube a little bit, which is cool. And then once I had the Instagram, I felt a lot more accountable to create content for YouTube because I was like, people are asking me things on Instagram And I need to be producing the YouTube videos to answer the questions. So that was kind of nice. I figured like, oh, Instagram will be a fun thing and it'll keep me accountable because I get kind of lazy with YouTube. And then Instagram kind of took off and it started growing really fast. And then I was like, oh, let me try TikTok. And that's still, I'm still learning what to do on TikTok. And now I'm hearing about Clubhouse and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. And also, I just want to say, everyone, okay, if you're not following her Instagram, she makes the best IG reels, which I really want to talk about because, okay, when I make IG reels, sometimes I'll do voiceovers, but I definitely do more songs because I'm just, I don't know, I just do more songs. But she is very good at just finding the right clips or the right sounds for like to act out a scene. Like, I don't know, how's your whole process with finding your IG reels, like audio? Because 
again, it's good to have catchy songs, but you're also really good at finding the voiceovers that just make like funny content. I haven't made a reel in a while and I'm so upset because again, Instagram took away my audio feature recently. And so sometimes I get stuck and I can't create anything when they do that to me. But the way that I, my process is I go to my Explorer page or now there's a reel tab. So you can just look at reels like on and on and on. So what I, I started making reels before they made that change, but what I do is I just look at the reels that come up on my feed. And if I think they're funny and I hear an audio that I can make related to grad school or like student life, then I just save it. Like I just save the post or the reel. And then later when I have time, what I usually do is like, okay, I have like a 15 minute break in between classes and I love making reels and I think they're funny. So like as a break to myself, like, let me make this reel really quick. So it is the way that I find the audio is just looking at other people's stuff. The idea though, I don't know. Like that just comes to me for anyone who's listening, who is a content creator. If you give me $5, I will give you 10 real ideas based on your niche. I think, and I'm just saying because it's so much fun. So my, my roommate, like I said, has sisterhood exchange, which is a page all about books and stuff. If you're not following them, do so. They have a book club. It's so cool. And they're reading a lot of black authors right now, which is important. So Chica, who is running the account right now, my friend doesn't love reels. Like she wants to get into it. And she's like, I don't know how you come up with these ideas. And I just sat with her and I'm like, okay, this audio, you can make this about, you know, when somebody interrupts you while you're reading a book, this one you can make about like my favorite five books, or this one you can make when you drop your book and something happens, or like, this could be like when you're judging people because they do the dog ears on the pages. Like, I don't know where that comes from. (laughs) I just come up with these things. So, um, I've been thinking about that. Like maybe I should just offer this as a service. Like I'll rapid fire, give you 10 real ideas and you can find the audio or I can find the audio for you, but it just, it related to the content you create. I don't know how I come up with this. (laughs) No, of course, but I have to give you credit. I feel like the way you're able to come up with this and let me know if I'm wrong is Mm -hmm. based on all the experiences that you have been through, not just like as a Latina and a woman of color, but as a student herself, because these ideas would not be coming if you literally did not live them yourself. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's where the funny ones come from is that they're relatable and that's why people like them. So if I, I see a reel that's like, about being on zoom calls or whatever. And I make something like nobody likes zoom right now. So I'm just doing what I feel about zoom. So if I see a funny audio, I'm like, this is me in a zoom meeting. And I record that people are like, Oh my gosh, because everyone feels that way. So I think what I'm trying to do on grad life grind or what I tried to do is just be myself. Like I found that when I first started creating content for Instagram, I was sharing a lot of like accomplishments and the cool things that I'm doing and how amazing it is to be a graduate student. And I had to check myself because I don't want to glamorize this experience or romanticize this experience. It's hard and it takes a lot of work and time and effort. And people are like, how do you have work-life balance? I'm like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I'm figuring it out day by day. So I noticed like, okay, I think I need to be a little bit more real on here. And 
not R-E-E-L, but (laughs) R-E-A-L and say like, okay, yeah, it's fun to, you know, do all these things. And I get to do this. I get to do that. I, I get these amazing experiences, but first of all, how did I even get here? It wasn't by, you know, painting my nails. Like it was doing a lot of hard work and what are the drawbacks? So I'm trying now to be really honest when I make reels, when I'm on my story of saying like, okay, today I'm exhausted. (laughs) Today I skipped my lab meeting because I'm tired or today I'm sick. And like, this is how, this is what I had to do so that people are getting an authentic view of what it's like. No, of course. And I love that you just admitted yourself because I've done that too, where it's like, if I miss my lab, well, for you it was a lab, for me, it's classes. Mm -hmm. I miss class today. And I mean, for crying out loud, that's why a lot of our professors will say you get one or two days like free that you could use and it won't count against you for your points or whatnot. I feel like professors put that to remind us, hey, you can take your break. You know what I mean? So I think it's good for us to like, take advantage of that and the reason why I bring that up is because at least for me I remember like all through undergrad and the times I have been in grad school I think I've told you if not maybe you've seen it on my platform but I was originally at another grad school but then I dropped out for many reasons that I'll eventually get into more detail but then now I'm in grad school again just different program but Mm -hmm. as I was saying um, during that entire time I remember having classmates and a lot of them tend to be Latinx that they would do anything to make sure they never missed class because it was like it was something super wrong so they had to like they felt like they had to ignore their needs and their self-care needs in order to just be in class. But it's like, no, that's why our professors, they will either give us one or two days where it's like, if you're not coming to class, fine, just don't come and rest. You know, what do you think about that, Ariel? I agree. I think that it comes from this idea that like, oh my gosh, I can't take a break because then it's going to be counted negatively against me or something like that. And I think to be honest, I don't know if you grew up with this idea, but like I was told like, you need to work twice as hard as everybody else. So now I'm in a space where I worked three times as hard to get here because the average person doesn't go to doctoral programs. And now I, I still am in that zone of like, oh, I have to be outworking everybody. And it's like, why? You don't get a trophy for doing that. You don't get a trophy for not like, this is not second grade. You don't get a perfect attendance award anymore. You get your health, you get your relationships. That's how you measure how you're doing So in life. So I think now it's, I've been there and that's the reason why on grad life grind, I'm trying to be transparent of like, I know that you, that y'all think that you can't take a day off because I thought that I couldn't take a day off. So I tried it and here's what happened. Nothing. (laughs) Um, And just being real about it, because I think what I'm just trying to do is share whatever it is that I went through and how I went through it and how it worked for me may not be the case for everybody else. But there's just, there aren't those narratives out there as much as they should be. And that's all it is saying like, okay, this week I was sick or I was tired or I was stressed or I had a family emergency. All of those things happened to me this quarter. And this is what I did. And just making space for other people to be like, oh, well, when I was sick, I felt like I couldn't take off, but she did it and nothing happened to her. That's basically it. No, of course. And that's why like, I find your content not only relatable, but I feel like it just, it gives all of us that reminder, like, hey, it's okay. 
Be kind to yourself. It's okay if maybe for two days straight you really hustled, but make sure that third day you take that time for you in whatever whatever way you need to. Now, with Grad Life Grind, you started with creating content and then well, you see yourself where you're like, I'm going to still post funny stuff, but I can't glamorize it too much. And now I've recently seen Grad Life Grind also transition into bringing in a Shopify shop. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah. So the, so grad life grind for the listening is selling merch. Now I have t-shirts, I have sweatshirts, I have a few, I have stickers. Um, I have a couple things and it's doing pretty well, which is really exciting and something that I never thought was going to happen. So like every, everything happens so fast, honestly, with, with everything, with all of grad life grind. So as soon as I made the Instagram, everything started just like transforming into something bigger than I ever would have thought. So yes, you can get Grad Life Grind merch on Shopify. And the way that that happened was I had a logo that was like kind of basic uh, when I first started. And I came across another Latina student on Instagram, Art for Activism. And I saw that she was making really cute stickers and they were related to activism. And I thought they were really cute. And I was like, oh, I wonder... Like, I know that I want a new logo and people in my life have started saying like, you should sell something, you should sell t-shirts, you should sell something. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do that, but I was like, maybe I'll start small with stickers because this person is selling stickers. I can have, you know, I can reach out and see if she'll collab with me. Then I'm pouring into another Latina business and so forth. So I reached out and I said, can you make me two logos? And what I'll do is I'll just ask And if you follow me, you know that I do this a lot. Like I just ask people what they want. So I put the two logos up and I was like, I'm going to ask the people who, which logo they like to become my official Grad Life Grind logo. And whatever the other one is, I'm sure I'll like it because I love this designer. And I'll just make stickers out of both. So I did that. People voted for, you know, one logo, which you'll see everywhere is my logo now, the one with the books. And then there's another one that's like a, a grad cap, um, on what looks to be a Latina. So I just made stickers out of both of those. I paid for the designs. I paid for the, them to be printed. And I just started selling the stickers at first. And that was just like a Google form on my Instagram bio. And they sold out in a few weeks. I only had 40 of them and they sold out really fast. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to start making more stickers. Didn't think anything of it. Then I made a post that was just an Instagram post. And it was just like, question was like, how's grad school? And then there was a little checkbox that said, don't ask me again. And I was like, this is hilarious. So I, I actually repurposed that. It w- it said something else. It was like, how's something. And I put how's grad school over it. And I posted it on Instagram. It blew up. It was like my highest performing post ever. And I was like, oh my gosh, like people are really resonating with this. It got hundreds of shares. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And one of my friends was like, you should make this into a t-shirt or maybe it was somebody on my Instagram who's like, you should make this into a t-shirt. And I was like, should I, again, I asked the people. So I go to my story and I'm like, if I made this to a t-shirt, would y'all buy it? And a lot of people were saying yes. And I was like, well, cool. And a lot of what I've learned about business, you know, from different people that I've trained with is like Instagram is free uh, focus groups. So if you're looking at who, like, how do I price this or what color do I do? Like the people are there, people are willing to vote. So again, on my stories, I'm like, okay, you would buy it, but how much would you pay for it? 
if I made this into a t-shirt. And so I just put, you know, different prices and people voted on like, okay, I'd pay $20. Cool. Then I was like, what colors do you want? A lot of people voted for, you know, black and pink and whatever. And then I was like, okay, cool. So like, what do I do now? And I was really stressed to print everything myself and then have like a hundred shirts in my house and they don't sell. So I decided to partner with a company who does the printing and shipping on their own, which of course, like the profit is smaller, but as a graduate student, that's easier for me because I don't have to do anything other than market like, oh, I have these on sale. And then the the Shopify store, like people shop on there and then everything gets fulfilled by like a partner. So that works out perfectly because I don't have time to be packaging orders and stuff, but that's really how the merch got started. I just, I saw a post that did really well and I was like, well, people are sharing this like all over the place. Why wouldn't they wear it? I would wear it. And I felt like I don't want to sell anything that I wouldn't use, but I think this is hilarious. So like I want to, and it was in November and I was like, I want to wear this at Thanksgiving. Don't ask me y el novio and don't ask me how school, because I don't want to answer either of those questions, please. So <laughs> just people were saying, yes, I would buy it. I would pay this amount. I, I want this color. And then I was like, okay. And then I was like, okay, what do I do now? And then again, Instagram, amazing place. Somebody reached out and was like, oh, if you're looking for how to print these, this is a website that will print it for you and handle everything for you. Like all these ideas are not just from me. Like it's a lot of collaboration with like the logo designer who helped me friends or other people who were like, oh, use this website or use Shopify and do this and do that. And people that I just reach out to for help. So when people look at Grad Life Grind and they're like, oh my gosh, you do all this stuff. It's like, it's not, a, it's a community effort. You know, it takes a village. No, so that's how that happened. Definitely. So now, okay, we talked about your merch, but Grad Life Grind also offers one more thing and that's free resources. Can you also talk a little bit more about that? That is the number one thing that Grad Life Grind provides. So the merch came out of just an opportunity I saw that people liked, you know, that phrase and and that funny, relatable thing. That's never what it in, I intended it to be. Um, starting on YouTube, then going into Instagram, like all my posts are meant to be either relatable to the grad school experience and funny and this and that, or educational. So, you know, five questions to ask faculty when you're trying to see if you want to work with them. Um, email templates, all the things you need to apply. Like I'm trying to provide information that is useful. And I think that's why it has done well because it's like, oh, let me send this to my friend who's applying to grad school. Oh, let me share this to my story because I know other people need this information. So I have always been providing free resources. Like if you follow me on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, you're getting free resources technically. What is, I think, extra special is that there are some free resources that I provide that are downloadable and directly usable to people. And those are the grad school application checklist. So that's basically a checklist of all the things you need to apply to graduate school. It's organized in a nice little spreadsheet so that as you're going through the process, you can download that and use it. Um, the other thing that I, that the first one that I ever came up with was the grad school, the grad program organization list. And I actually used this. So I didn't make this up to provide with people. This is what I did. And it's just a spreadsheet again with every school and every single thing that they're asking for. How much is the fee? When is the deadline? How many recommendation letters do they want? And you can make this yourself, but if somebody's providing you a template, like why not? 
So that's what I have. And then I also have a personal statement checklist because a lot of people are like, what do I include in my personal statement? Have I checked all the boxes? Am I, have I talked about all the things that I, you know, that faculty are looking for? And so I just made this checklist of like, here's all the ways to make sure that your personal statement is as poppin' as it could possibly be. And so those are the three free resources that are available right now. So it's basically just a link. They'll be in the description. And then um, I personally send those out by email. And that's it. Like, you don't have to do anything for them. You don't have to pay for them. And I think that's one of the coolest things that I'm able to provide is like, I actually use this. It helped me stay organized or stay on top of what I was doing. And if I didn't use it, I wish I had it. And that's why I made it. (laughs) And you don't have to, I don't want to be a gatekeeper of like, I know that if you give me $25.99, you can get this. And I know people will pay for it, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, I know that people will pay for me to read their CV or read their personal statement, but like, I'm not interested in doing that when you can go for free to the writing center at your school and get those services. Like, I don't want to pretend that I'm the only person with this information or that like you need to, like the education system, especially if we're trying to uplift people of color is about community care. And that's what these free resources are. If I put a price tag on everything that I'm, that I'm not really living in alignment with my goals. I feel like everyone deserves access to education. And if you put a price tag on it, then you're not really being equitable because only the people who could afford to buy that resource from Grad Life Grind are able to have the access then. And that's not fair. Like that's, that's counterintuitive to the whole idea of the platform. How were you even able to graduate from your undergrad degree in three years and then still get into a PhD program in your super early 20s? I am my mother's daughter. (laughs) Um, That's the best. That's the shortest answer. So yes, I grew up in New York. I went to the City College of New York in Harlem for undergrad. By the time I got to college, I already knew that I wanted to get a PhD at some point. That's not everyone. And so I I understand when I provide tips for people that not everybody knows what they want to do when they're like 12. So I provide advice accordingly. But I knew what I wanted to do. I, I don't know how I came up with that idea so young, but I did. And so I, I went to City College. I studied psychology. I came in with a lot of credits because I went to a high school that required me to take college classes. Um, so that's how that happened. I was able to finish early. Um, I started with about a semester and change done. So technically, if, if, a, if your degree is supposed to happen in four years, I was like, okay, I can finish in 3.5. So I really only had to push myself to get the other half done. So when people hear like, oh my gosh, she graduated in three years, they think that like I didn't eat, sleep, or like breathe when I was an undergrad. And there were times where I didn't, <laughs> but it's also a setup. You know what I mean? I had the credits coming in and that's a huge privilege to have been able to go to a school where that was offered. And I try not to share the success without the story of like, yeah, I graduated in three years, but it's not because I'm a super human. I, I had I was set up for that success based on the opportunities I had. So that's how that happened. In terms of ambition, I think it was just modeled. So I grew up in New York City. 
in a single parent home, just my mom and my brother. And I just watched my mom do literally everything that she needed to do. And she worked two, three jobs. She figured out how to like buy a house for, for us because she wanted that to happen. So like she bought a house all by herself. She turned that now that we're adults, my brother and I, like she turned that home that we grew up in into her retirement. So she did a really like unconventional plan. And so I just saw my mom always working, always doing what needed to get done. And there was like a no excuses attitude of like, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. I, you know, I deserve to rest, but like I have two kids and I have goals. So I think that's where the ambition came from. Now as an adult, I'm learning like, how do I apply that ambition and also take care of myself? So I'm, I don't say I'm unlearning necessarily, everything that I learned because that's how I got here. But I also did grow up with the idea of like, you have to always be doing something productive. And that is an idea that I think is rooted in like capitalism and a lot of other isms. So I want to be careful that I'm not like always in work mode because then I'm not living, then I'm not making time for my health, then I'm not making time for reflection and a lot of other things, but that's what propelled me. So now that I used what I learned, just seeing my mom, like always make things happen, no matter what I've made a lot of things happen. And now I'm in a place in my life where I'm like, okay, how do I keep making things happen, but balance what I need for myself? So that that's where it came from, I think. No, of course. And I love that you, you shared that because I, myself for the longest time up until, well, this after my first semester of grad school, because this semester I just spent taking exams. Mm -hmm. But um, so very similar to you. It's like grew up, had my parents role model, like no excuses, whatnot. But now as adults, it's kind of like, how do we figure out to still have that ambition, but provide ourselves the self-care that we need? Because it is our life. We only get one. Now, yeah, exactly. Now for me, and maybe you can resonate with me, but I remember a while back, I had asked you on an IG live, is your IG reels your form of self-care? Because well, one, your IG reels are awesome. I know I keep saying that, but it is. <laughs> and number two, um, it always seems like you you have a lot of fun doing them and you you do them a lot. I know right now you're trying to find a new way to do it just because of the audio thing, but mm-hmm. I, I, you're such a hustler. You're going to figure it out. I can already tell. But um, as I was saying, and I resonate with that because for me, even though the podcast, it can seem like a lot of work, it genuinely is my form of self-care. So when I started this podcast, it was during my first semester of my program during the summer, you know, pandemic and whatnot. And I would find myself like, okay, I need to finish all my assignments and courses and whatnot. And then once I was like, okay, I got a lot of things like taken care of. Now I can go ahead and continue like doing some of my podcast things and whatnot. And just like as you mentioned before, putting in accountability as well, because there were some times I would miss assignments. <laughs> but you know, you live and you learn. So what do you think of all that, Ariel? Like any feedback? Yeah, I think that it's it doesn't seem like it because podcasts, c- content creation is a lot of work. But when it's a passion project, it can be self-care. So I had to put systems in place for grad life grind so that it wouldn't become like a job or a chore. 
I had to think about how do I make sure that this remains fun for me? So when I first created it and people were following on Instagram and it was kind of quote unquote growing, I would wake up so excited of what I was going to post and what I was going to talk about. And I was like, I'm looking more excited about this than I am about school. And I was like, hold on, because you can't create a platform about how to get through grad school if you're not even doing grad school. (laughs) So I had to check my priorities in that. And then I had to figure out like, okay, how can I make, how can I get help or how can I create structure around content creation so that it remains fun? So that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast, honestly, but I had to figure out, okay, I don't want this to become something that is boring to me or it feels like a chore to me. I want this to remain something that I'm passionate about and excited about. And I had to do certain things to make that a thing. It's like working out like, okay, you're not going to feel like working out every day, but if you do workouts that are fun and engaging for you, it's not going to feel as difficult when you're not as motivated. No. So yeah, that's, that's just the way that I had to do it. But I think the reels are definitely self-care doing things like this are self-care because having a talk with a friend is self-care. So it's kind of like, why not record it and make it a podcast? <laughs> so I think it's finding, finding ways to do things that are, are fun and don't feel like work, even if I'm talking about work and I'm, I'm excited about what I do. Like I'm excited about my program and psychology and mental health and these things. So it's not, it doesn't feel like work to me to talk about my research or to talk about these things. I just have to have some stuff, like some structures in place so that I'm not like, oh, I don't want to do grad life grind. I never want to feel that way. No, of course. And I can relate with you on so much with that. And just like you said, it's just make it like, you know, you're creating content, doing what you have to do for your brand and whatnot, but you still make it fun. And I find that the most important. Like, for example, the two hours that I would put into watching Netflix, I mean, I still watch Netflix, but it's not as often as like Mm -hmm. most people would think. But anyways, the two hours that I put into Netflix, I put into like, let me do something fun for this podcast. And I feel like you do something similar with Grad Life Grind. Or am I wrong? No, for sure. For sure. I think, like you said, I I definitely have my times where I'm just, okay, I'm just going to watch TV or I'm just going to watch other people's reels and sit on my phone. And that there's space for that. There's space for whatever you want to do. But other times I'm like, you know, it'd be so much fun. Like if I do a live today. So, and it's a new thing that I never, ever would have imagined myself like getting on video. And like my best friend just told me like, I I can tell like you're getting more comfortable in camera. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thanks. Like it's something that I never thought that was going to happen, but it's a new pathway. I guess like if I had three options for self-care now, I have a few more because I've opened myself up to like, oh, doing video or doing reels or, you know, creating content. And that's a new way to channel what I'm interested in. And I think it's also a way, especially for those of us who are academic content creators to motivate ourselves. So when I'm not feeling like being a graduate student, it is the people who are asking me questions and saying, Oh my gosh, you inspire me. And I'm like, me, I inspire you. Like, I don't even want to go to class. It, it motivates me as well because I'm like people like this means something to people to see a Latina doing this. So I'm going to get my butt up and I'm going to do what I have to do today because what if there's no representation? So it kind of helps in that way. Like creating content can be fun and self-care, but at the same time, the community that has been created by Grad Life Grind or all the people that are, you know, engaged with you, other people that we both engage with online, other academic people, like we kind of keep each other motivated 
So when I see people are saying, you know, sending these really nice messages or anybody buys anything from Grad Life Grind, I'm like, oh my God, this is my, this is my push to keep going. Or like, this is my sign from God that I'm supposed to be in this place that I'm supposed to be doing this. And that is really helpful in the times when being a grad student is really overwhelming (laughs) and exhausting, just seeing how much like other people are inspired or motivated or just waiting and waiting for waiting to see what I'm going to do next is motivating. No, of course. And like, okay, so as we all know, grad school, whatnot, it's a lot of work. Just like as you were sharing, sharing, sometimes you don't feel like being a student, but I do want to ask you, and it's kind of sidetracking a little bit, but not so much. Okay. So we know applying to grad school, it's a long process. But how much longer was it for you personally to research the programs you were interested in? It took me an entire semester to really like apply. So I started in now I'm on a quarter system in California, but in New York, I was on a semester system in undergrad and it was from August to December. And I spent that entire time doing all the things Now I probably would have started a little bit earlier, but it took me a long time and I was privileged to have a faculty advisor who was the only Latina woman in the whole university who I was able to ask all of my questions that people ask me now of like, how many programs do I apply and where do I look and how do I know and all these things. And she was able to help me so much. So that process took me several months. And she told me, and this is advice for anyone who's listening, treat your grad school applications like a class. I wish that I would have taken one less class when I was applying. I was taking five courses and applying. So that was a lot, but she told me, treat it like a class, block it out, block the three hours or two hours a week or five hours a week that you would block for a class and block it for this. And I still use that today with other things that I do and apply to is I just, I treat it as important as, you know, a a shift at work or as important as a class so that I can get things done. But it took me, it took me a few months to gather. How do I prepare for the GRE, which is a whole other demon? How do I, what programs do I apply to? How many programs, recommendations, like, and it all happened really fast. And now having the insight that I do, I can help people figure that out and navigate that. And that's, that's basically what I want is grad school applications were extremely stressful for me. It shouldn't be that way. The only reason why I was so stressful is because I didn't know anything, right? Like if I knew how to, if it was something that I had a lot of information about, I wouldn't have been as stressed and as overwhelmed. So that's all I'm trying to do is give people the information so that it could be slightly less stressful for them as it was for me. No, of course. And trust me, your platform definitely delivers that. Now, we are coming to an end of our episode. But before we officially say adios, I do want to ask, like, where could people find you? What kind of last words would you like to say? Whatever you want, boo. People can find me, as we've said a ton of times in this episode, on Instagram at gradlifegrind, on TikTok at gradlifegrind, on YouTube the channel's called Grad Life Grind as well. And I think the best place to find me is Instagram. And then you can kind of branch out to all the other platforms because that's where I'm most active. And Grad Life Grind is doing a lot of things. So there's the store, there's the blog that's coming up. So there's a ton of ways to stay connected. And 
I guess it's really whatever platform works for you. Like if you prefer to watch long form videos, then maybe you can catch me on YouTube and that's your style. If you like to just see posts on Instagram and swipe through some things, then that's the place. If you want to see like funny and like short stuff, then TikTok is the place. But I try to be present on all of those because I know that people consume content differently. So you can anywhere you want. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Ariel. And all right, mi gente. So we're officially going to conclude this episode, but I'll definitely see you next week. Take care. We'll talk soon.